Welcome to Rick Radio Community News, that's episode 69. I'm Mick Hanley. Later we talk with Sally Flynn, community and youth worker with the Traveller community, as we celebrate their culture for National Community Radio Day. Well, joining me on the community news desk now is Aina Nilena, who is, of course, uh, famous for being on the Mooney Goes Wild programme. And uh, Aina, you're very welcome to uh, the podcast here on Rings End uh, Community Radio. It's great to be able to join you. Thank you for having me on. This uh, coming uh, Wednesday, you will be down here in Ringsend. Of course, we have the Century Garden here. And you'll be doing a talk called Going Wild in the Garden. Tell us a little bit about that. I'm coming down at three o'clock in the afternoon to the lovely part of Ringsend where you have your gardens and your allotments and all the nice things. And I'll be going in there and I'll be meeting the boys and girls from the St. Patrick's School and the active retired people and the other people who are growing plants as well and I'll talk to them all about the importance of biodiversity I'll talk to them about the importance of of growing things sustainably not be putting on things like weed killers and fertilizers and things like that and we'll walk around and we'll have a look at the different things that we will see and hear we'll probably hear birds if it's sunny we'll see things flying around we'll be looking at wildflowers which other people call weeds but I call wildflowers (laughs) and all of that sort of thing so we should have a bit of I have to say, I'm looking forward to it. Um, Absolutely. Things have moved on in biodiversity since you started out in broadcast, I think, in 1995. You know, there's, I suppose, a whole new world there of biodiversity and uh, more and more people are learning about it all the time. Well, we need to do so because since 1970, we have reduced the amount of biodiversity in this country nearly by half because of changing land use and the reason that we have, you know, fields being cut for silage rather than hay meadows and bogs being cut away and drained, that sort of thing. So we need um, to improve the amount of wildflowers and wildlife that there is because if you don't have the plants, you don't have the trees, then you won't have the insects and the animals feeding on those. So it all begins with plants, really. So by not mowing things every week and by letting them grow and by planting wildflower seeds and that sort of thing, it greatly improves the amount of food there is for the the insects and then accordingly then for the birds and for the mammals and for the whole range of biodiversity that we we need to have to have a healthy world in the first place. Yeah, and I suppose there's a lot of, I suppose, insects becoming extinct at this stage. Well, a lot of our bees are in trouble. Our bees, we have honeybee, that's the one that's at the hive there. They're minded by the beekeepers. But we have 20 bumblebee species and we have 79 solitary bee species. And they all depend on flowers because they collect pollen to feed their young with and they collect nectar to make honey for themselves to eat. So if there are no flowers then there's nothing for them to feed on. So if a field once upon a time was a hay meadow with lots of flowers in it and buttercups and daisies, and now it's and it was only mowed, it was only made into hay in the middle of July, and now the same field is cut by silage at the middle of beginning in May and cut again in July and there's no flowers, only grass cut down to the scut and 50% of the country is covered in those kind of fields. Well, that's a huge amount of food that's not there for our bees. So a lot of our bee species are in trouble. Some of them are, ne- are really endangered and nearly extinct. And it's very worrying. So by changing land use where we can, farmers have to have to make silage and have to have 
you know, animals. But we don't have to mow our front lawns every five minutes and use an electric mower to do this. We can plant trees in places. We can have nice hedges instead of having walls and wire fences and that sort of thing. So people who are not farmers can do an awful lot more to make the place where they live more biodiverse. So this, these are the kind of things that I will be saying on my walk on next Wednesday. And indeed, the kind of things that I'm always saying. Yeah, I suppose I was just going to say that because you had mentioned the farmers there and, of course, up here in the city, how can people in the city be better equipped for, for bringing their gardens to biodiversity and that as well? But I think you've, you've mentioned it there by, by planting flowers and, you know, not cutting the grass every week and uh, also putting nice hedges in. Um, yeah, putting hedges in the, with, with things that are flowers on them, like hawthorn and holly and hazel and gelder rose and spindle. They're all native trees that have flowers on them and mountain ash, rather than putting up these bloody evergreen trees that just sit there being green and do nothing else. You know, you don't want those kind of things because they're not going to provide any 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 flowers, they're not going to provide any seeds or berries or anything like that. So people could plant things like crab apple, people could plant things like, you know, wild cherries, not them old Japanese cherries, they're, they're, they're useless. I mean, do we live in Japan? Have you ever seen cherries on a Japanese cherry tree? I haven't. A few pink flowers in April and that's about it. So, you know, people could think a bit more and, you know, everybody should have a tree in their garden if they have a garden or there should be trees in the park or and indeed the councils are doing very well this year at not mowing and, you know, people give out and say, oh, place full of weeds there's no such thing as weeds there's only weeds on a farm or in an actual market garden everywhere else there are wildflowers and we should embrace them yeah that was a question i was asked to ask you by a friend of mine what is what how would you know a weed from uh, i suppose a plant but as you said there well no, no listen i mean think about it i mean yeah. if you're a farmer and you're growing a field of potatoes are potatoes weeds no no they're your crop they're what you want now next year you plant the same field with wheat and a few old potatoes that are there since last year germinate in the middle of the wheat field now those potatoes are weeds because you don't want them in the middle of your wheat field so there's no, there's no particular plant that's a weed. You can't say a potato is a weed or you can't say a dandelion is a weed or a daisy It's if it's in the wrong place. So the potato grown in the middle of a wheat field is a weed as far as the farmer is concerned. He doesn't want it. But I mean, if you say that about a daisy or a dandelion and say it's a weed, then does that mean it should never exist? Should we make them extinct? Every time we see a dandelion, should we pull it up? Is it not allowed to live? I mean, that's the that's the you know the conclusion when you talk yeah. about weeds. A weed is something you don't want. So if you say something is a weed, then we must make it. We must get rid of it. And I mean, that's the awful things to do with things like dandelions that are full of nectar, full of pollen, really good for bees. When if I was calling things weeds, I call daffodils weeds or they call tulips weeds because they have no pollen, they have no nectar you never see bees going to them because they're not, there's no such thing as a, dan, a daffodil seed, they're grown from bulbs and red flowers are complete weeds because you know bees can't see red and there's no wild red flowers all the red flowers we have are ones that are invented by gardeners, things like roses and peonies and tulips. But the bees, the bees can't actually see the colour red. So a wild poppy will have lines of ultraviolet going into it, so the bees can see those. But a big closed rose or a big tulip with black stuff in the middle of it, they're no good at all for the bees. So if you're going to be saying plants you don't want, they'd be the ones I'd be talking about. <laughs> and of course, the, your talk is coming Wednesday is supported by Dublin City Council South East Area Office and the Community Development Team um, I know Dublin City Council doing 
you know, a fair amount uh, with biodiversity. Would you say that across the country it's the same? Oh, yeah, I have great time for Dublin City Council. I mean, and as you say, they're supporting this walk. And in fact, they support quite a few things that I do walk and talk around the city in different places. But the local authorities in general, the county councils all around the country, are taking much more action now in not mowing everything every minute so that you see maybe a little path cut along the edge and the rest of the place let grow into wildflowers, roundabouts, for example, or entrances into towns that would be every minute to be a fellow on a lawn more busy and of course the other thing then is they don't choose weed killers anymore we should never spray the edge of the, the garden with a weed killer because you know we say oh we can't have the grass growing over the edge and then you put a weed killer on it and the weed killer goes down into the soil kills the earthworms kills all the other things in the soil as well as killing the grass and there's a, a line of yellow is that supposed to look nicer than the, the, the green you know so I mean people shouldn't be using weed killers at all at all, at all, as you say. So just to be, it should be extinct at this stage. Well, I mean, it's just an infestation of some invasive species. I mean, it's used with someone who knows what they're doing. But people who go out and spray the edges of their gardens and spray the... We have to spray the weeds. You don't have to spray the weeds. First of all, they're not weeds. And if you don't like a particular plant, get out your trowel and dig it up. We'll be putting weed killer on it. True, true, yeah. Now, the talk, Aina, uh, is with the St. Patrick's uh, Boys and Girls School and also the Active Retirement Group. Uh, and, of course, the, the people who have allotments here. So you're, you're going to be covering a, a, a wide uh, area of people with the well, chat. that's great. I hope they all turn up. I hope the weather is kind to us now. But sure, if it rains, don't, don't the plants all need rain? So we, we can't be complaining about the weather. So <laughs> it should be it should be great, actually, because that's a lovely part of the world and we're down beside the sea as well as everything else. And with any luck, there'll be a few strawberries left to bribe me with. <laughs> well, Aina, we wish you the best with the, with, with the, the walk and the talk and uh, many thanks to you for joining us on the podcast today. Not at all. It was a pleasure to talk to you. Come and join us at our Retro Cafe. Open weekdays from 10 until 2 here in the community centre. Come and check out our Karen's culinary delights. You're listening to the Community News Desk on Rick Radio. National Community Radio Day this year celebrated the Traveller community. And I spoke with Sally Flynn, a community and social worker with them. Sally, you're very welcome to the podcast. Thank you very uh, much. As I mentioned there, uh, Community Radio was celebrating the Irish Traveller community. Could you tell us a bit more uh, about the importance of days like this to the community? Um, th- days like this is really, really important as it acknowledges travellers as an ethnic group and uh, all the work they've been doing. And it's really, really important that we celebrate different cultures and diversity in life. In general. Uh, tell me, um, tell us a little about yourself anyway, where you grew up and 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 um, where you're from. Um, my name is Sally Flynn. I'm a community and youth worker. Um, I grew up in Bally, in a place called Ballyfermot, uh, in the Halton site there, Labra Park. I am 33 years of age and I'm still living there. Um, I find that it's very, very community orientated and uh, people are very good and kind to each other. Very good indeed. And... and what, the area kind of thing obviously is, is, is a lot of your family there still as, as well yeah you know yeah, and, most. and what was it like growing up as a, as, a, as a young person well like every other um, estate like everyone would have their challenges and all the rest of it but overall it was like good met good friends just good people there and yeah um, you, you went to Minute University I didn't and I suppose education is probably a huge thing but one of my biggest values in life yeah, like education is um 
is power and it's so important that young people do the best to go on and that the avail of the supports that's for them in in different organisations, whether it's in school or in a youth service, and that they, they really know that people are only there for their good, to encourage them and help them. Uh, tell us about your national school. You, you, you went to national school, you went I to secondary indeed. school I went, and, and on to university. I went to national school, which I hated it. <laughs> I didn't have freedom. Uh, where, where was that, Sally? I was in Ballyfermish in Bally, yeah. yeah, as well. And then, obviously, I went to secondary school, and Jesus, I loved every every day of it. I really got on and well. That, that you know, tell us about that. That's an important kind of that you know, because a lot of people you know don't like school mm. at all. But well, say, to be you, honest, I love. Why? I, why did you like school so much? Because I loved the social aspect of it, which is very, very strange for somebody to say. Obviously, I value academic and all the mm. rest of it. But I was always involved in different clubs in society. So I was met where I was at. And like in the evening time when, when my classes would be done, I'd be either at student council meetings or homework clubs or something. Do you know, I was always up to something. So that got your whole interest in the whole yeah. youth culture as well, really. Because oh. you, were, you were growing up at that stage. Yeah. What, was, what was that, the school in... in the school was amazing, St. Dominic's Secondary School in Ballyfermot. Lovely. And which is very sad that's due to close. Oh. Uh, it's the end of an era for them. It's due to close uh, the end of the term, you know, like the end of the summer, after the junior cert and all the rest of it. So, that'll, be, uh, that'll be sad for a lot of people, I would say, in the area. Very, very sad, yeah. But sure, look, we trust the process of, um, of new, of the whole new um, amalgamation with the other schools, so there's three the three schools in the area coming together and so we'll trust the process and hope and pray that the young people will get the best out it's the best out as well but there's, at the moment there's no um, at the moment like it's it's not really set in stone what we're regarding to yeah. building and all the rest of it they've a school there but they've nowhere really like for the kids you know yeah, it's not yeah, stable yeah. just yet at the moment kind yeah. of thing yeah um, when you're in school, subjects and matter what what intrigued you? Well, you know? a specific subject I loved while I was in school was at the time was CSP, which was civic, social, and political education. I had a re- keen interest in that. As the rest of them, no, I just turned up. You know, you turned up and <laughs> you did. What you, well, like a lot of people turned yeah, up and get through them. I was very lucky at the time. I had a, I had a principal that would have. Um, Encourage me yeah, yeah. to go on, and which is it's not very seen today that principals at the time would have encouraged, especially a young traveller girl, to go on yeah. and reach to help her reach her full potential. And same with my twin sister Eileen, who's now a senator, she was encouraged and helped to reach her full potential. Also, she went down and done um, the TAP program and Trinity Trinity Access program, and like myself, went down and did a PLC, and then that, and then I took a year off. A year, I think it was about a year, a year and a half off. And then I went off then and did um, done, done an honours degree in community youth work. And then I got a job in the local youth service in Ballyfermot. And now I'm in a Traveller Pacific project. Fantastic. Do you, do you put that down, the education down to that one specific principle? or? Well, personally, I do. Yeah, yeah. But obviously, like, obviously, there was a great team of people around her at the time that worked under her. Yeah, worked with yeah. Her. And, but for me, I do personally. And I'm so grateful. And then, like, obviously, when I wouldn't have school in the day, I'd have the youth service in the weekend and in the evening times. Like, so, yeah. But having gone through such a, a, a positive secondary school and a positive experience kind of thing, um, I'm sure you, you want that for every 
person in, yeah. in, in, you know, in the traveling community and everything. That and every every the, kid that is going, that they have a positive experience. But is it that way at the moment or do you see it that way or what way do you see you can you can perhaps change that? I think like, and I'm always saying it, but I feel that the parents have a huge influence in their kids' lives. Yeah. And you can only, the teacher in the school can only do so much and the youth worker can only do so much. Obviously, like, there's, we were all targeted kids. I was a very at-risk young person. Obviously, you may not have the parents at home, or, but mm. it's like you have to kind of um, encourage young people to go on and be patient with them. I know not all of us have patience, but patience is a virtual, and it's so important. And, like, we see a little bit of potential, something that they like, that we help them grow in that area of whatever they're interested in. You had a you know a really sad time when you were ten when your your mom passed away. That's whatever. right. Yeah. So you know, and sorry to hear that, but that made it even probably more difficult, kind of growing into it. But yet, you obviously had someone someone behind you, your dad or whatever, bringing it to to go in, in, into education. Absolutely, um, like my sisters were there and all the rest of it, and. Um, like, we kind of all helped each other, but then me and my twin sister, Eileen, would have really keen because, like, I feel I would have been, a, I would have been a dropout if it wasn't for people I've met on my journey. Yeah, yeah. And I know I would have been a dropout, except I'd be like, where are you, Sally? Are you going to class? Are yeah. Are doing this? And, like, if I didn't have the people in my life that I had, like, encouraging me and basically running after me when I was a young one, like, trying to get me to do uh, to reach my full potential in life like I wouldn't have been the person I am today and sometimes like I feel a lot of people like lose that about themselves like when they say like a lot of people I would I would know in my lifetime would have grown up the same way I grew up obviously not travellers but settled people or whatever and they would have had the same life issues same social status as a yeah. lot of us yeah and they kind of forget the hand that fed them really you know, and when they grow up and get their jobs and get, but like, I'm always grateful and thankful for what like, that pe- what people give me and hopefully someday I can, I do my best to give that back and to work with young people and trying to encourage them to reach their full potential in the best possible way that I can as a community and youth worker. Do you, do you feel perhaps that being a twin with Eileen helped both of you? Ah, didn't, it didn't. Eileen <laughs> <laughs> was a bit wise now and I was, I was myself, but yeah. Yeah. You know. She kept you on the straight and narrow. Well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so when you when you finished school, anyway, you you, you went on to uh, Minute to do community and youth work. And I obviously, didn't do obviously from the CSP, as you said earlier on, was it the, that you were interested? in Yeah, CSP work? would have been civic, social, and political yeah, education. Yeah. And I kind of had an interest. Not that I was the best one in the class, but that was my kind of favourite subject. Yeah. that I enjoyed because you had like, a passion for it. Had you? Yeah. Yeah. And I thought more about the student council. It related more to stuff. It helped me, like, I was kind of always, I was doing, I was on student council and doing stuff, but then when I was in there, I was learning more about, like, politics and committees and all stuff like that. So I enjoyed that, like, you know. That part of it as well. Yeah. That made yeah. you want to go on uh, as, as a, a youth worker. Yeah. Which you are, as you say, uh, at, at, at the moment. Yeah. Has, has, you know, you're, you're in your 30s now, I think. I am. Yeah. Uh, has things changed? Have you has it changed for the better or for the worse since your time at school, Sally? Well, obviously, in your opinion, it has changed for the better. Yeah, I feel, in my opinion. However, 
the visiting teachers to travellers, the loss of, of them in 2008 has had a huge, significant impact on young travellers as um, young people in education. The yeah. reason being because they, they were a vital, the travelling visiting teacher was a vital role. It wasn't to surrogate young people or anything like that, but it was kind of that little bit more uh, support. I know the school completion is there, but the school completion, I feel, in my opinion, isn't enough. Yeah, so tell us a little bit about that. So the, the, the teacher comes to... Like, say, like, if the young people are struggling or they're late for school or something. Yeah. And they knock down at the parents' door and they work really closely with the parents. Yeah, yeah. And they knock and they say, oh, is Johnny going to school this morning? Why yeah. is he not in school? Now, they still do it, like, I know of schools that do it and homeschool liaison. And, but in my opinion, it's not enough. We need yeah. more resources and we need to be... And more. in your opinion, what resources would you would you put in there? What um, would you, you put in there? Well, like that, I'd, I'd bring back the visiting teachers. Yeah. Because I feel that it was so, so, it had such a huge impact on young people's lives, you know. And like that, like a few of the girls, when I, I wasn't the only one that, that achieved the Leaving Cert at the time, a few other people came up after us. Yeah. But that was yeah. all through the visiting teacher. Yeah. yeah. You know, as well. So that was good for you and good for, as oh, you say, yeah, good for other people a, a, along the way. Yeah. Do you feel, as you said, it had a, it's, it's have to have a huge, significant impact on the young people's lives. I feel as well. And yeah. and do you feel kind of down too as well that you've been a role model as 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 Eileen and, and other people kind of thing but, to 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 perhaps keep um well I, people going to school. Like I hope to God that they look at us and say, well, if they done it, we yeah, we yeah. can do it. And like I, I just I'd love for more young traveller women and men to go on and uh, be the best version of themselves because it's so important. As I as we as I keep saying and keep saying, education is power. Yeah. So yeah. like it um it is and it's so important that we like that we try and do our best and like get employment because like that then nobody can say anything to you or and like that, and I know I know it is very hard as young travellers to be employed, but do you know there's more like there's so much support, and it's just a matter of us sometimes availing of them. Yeah. I know like there's obstacles in our way. I'm not saying that under any circumstances. Yeah. But if they link in with their local youth services, link in with whoever they may link in with, they can progress and stay in school. School is so important. They're the best days of your life, in my opinion. As we say about non-formal education. Paulo Ferry, terrorist from Brazil, yeah, um, would would talk about like the importance of non-formal education. So school like could help you to uh, to critically uh, reflect on your life and critically think. And that's I say as young people, when we're working with young people, to encourage them to critically reflect as themselves in the world. Who they are, what do you want to achieve? Yeah, how can we yeah. get there? And then it's up if we kind of put this if we can do our best to put the support mechanisms in place for them. That's how I feel. You mentioned employment there, and obviously employment yeah. is, a, is a big thing for, for everybody um, going forward in life kind of thing as well. Do you feel, and I think you said it, that sometimes the traveling community are discriminated against? Absolutely, for, yeah. Um, and what what way, what does what needs to be changed in that regard? Well, it's an ideology, isn't it? Like stereotype is, is having a pre um pre-mind of like who you're implying or whatever yeah. so if we, if we have a feeling maybe it's a traveler you could say oh like they might rob the place or this you know the way people would have yeah yeah and 
some of them are the loyalest people in the world, you know, that like you could trust them and rely on them and they could be the best workers you could ever have. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Do you know? Uh, so it's all about like it's a two-way process. It's all about the employer having that trust as well. And at, at, at present, is the percentage of better of, of the travelling community going into um, you know, it, it is, yeah, it is absolutely, as well. it, it, but it's, it's a bit it's, slow. It's slow, yeah, a bit slow. Obviously, going to school, going to work, going to college as well. You, you mentioned, I think, before that there's obstacles in the way, the likes of overcrowding in the housing and overcrowding in the hall and so Yeah, and, accommodation is know, a huge one, and um, and overcrowding, we would have that in a lot of sites at the moment as well. And yeah. it's accommodation, overcrowding, like traveler. Traveller people are so family orientated that like you wouldn't even imagine. I know we say we all are. Yeah, yeah. But travellers love living together and being together and love like being next door to their family if they could. And yeah, so they're quite family orientated. And what can be done in that regard to, well, to change that to, to, and make facilities The better? government to meet the needs of the people, you know. Yeah. And to have accommodation for them. And that's all. It's simple. In this country, it's very hard, but in my opinion, it's simple. Get the accommodation, roll it out. You get enough money per year and roll out the money and let people live in proper accommodation. Yeah, I, I was reading that you were on one of the committees, I think, in Dublin City Council for the housing, was it? That's right, yeah. As well, but you weren't too happy with the way things were developing there uh, yourself. Yeah, like it's all got it's a good few months ago now since I've been involved which I don't mind going back on again I think I will yeah but I just kind of became very disheartened and I and it's not in me to give up because I'm a fighter yeah yeah but over the years since I started on committees in 2008 I just there's nothing moving really and it comes back to the drawing board again that's 15 years ago yeah and then yeah. before that it could be another 15 or 20 year yeah yeah Do you know people yeah. where i live in bally in labor park has been given false promises for years and years and years and then and, and just tell us a few of those sorry what, we're, we're meant to have a redevelopment uh well it started i think it was in 2009 and it was meant to be finished now i think by 2023 or something which is this year which is this year yeah, yeah. And it hasn't started. No, hasn't started. Yeah, yeah. And, and they're doing up people's houses and all this carry on. But yeah, there's like, there's nothing then. Like, Clude pulled out. Who were, and then now Dublin City Council is drawing up another plan, but they want to get rid of some families first out the site. And because it's, it's a flooded field where some families are living on. That's what they're saying now. So. And is it? Well, in your opinion, is it? Uh, opinion, I think people no? get on years and years. But yeah, I'm not yeah. an architect or a builder. Yeah, yeah. But I don't, I don't think that that's really much. Like I think that what they're trying to do in Labour Park is what they've done in other uh, working class areas, like St Michael's Estate, is get rid of all the people. Yeah, yeah. And then they lose their sense of uh, family. They lose their sense of living, like with travellers. Like, it doesn't necessarily make you a traveller to travel on the road. Yeah, yeah. Like, your family, your religion, everything comes down to it. Yeah, your identity, really. Your identity, yeah, really. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Mental health issues is obviously a big thing. Absolutely. Mental um, health issues, it's huge. In the tell us, community. talk to us a little bit about that, because, you know, we all know mental health is, is so big at the moment, but, like, I'm reading it, it seems to be 
a big, big issue. The percentage is really high within the travelling community because obviously there's not enough employment. They yeah. face a lot of discrimination. Yeah. Um, and that's that's very, very hard because when you're constantly put down all the time, well, you never see yourself fatter in the world. Yeah, yeah. And and then there's not enough support. I was just going to say that. What resources are there at the moment for? Um, there's not really, like, there's, there's some support, but there's not enough. Yeah, you yeah. know, like I know one person can't do it all, but we definitely need more money pumped in to mental health services for travellers. Yeah, and is that happening? Uh, is is there any you know chink in the end of the tunnel? As they there say? is little bits, yeah. but not enough. Not enough. Not enough. Yeah. I'm not saying there's no support services, but yeah. the support service that that we have is not enough. And is this something that perhaps should be, you know, dealt with when? People are younger, we more so than when they get into adulthood. Absolutely, yeah. Do you know, like, it should be dealt with from when they're in school and whatever the burning issues yeah, are yeah. of the day to kind of like have them have somebody to work with young people around them and to help them and then bring their parents in, work with them and to resolve, try to resolve the issues, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, for yourself, you know. We, we know you're you're working in community and, 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 and you work as well. So you're obviously dealing with all the aspects of what people are going through day in, day out. Oh, God, yeah. Uh, do, yeah. Do you, you said you're a fighter or whatever because you'd have to be really, really positive, I think, if, you're, if, if, if things are not moving along quick enough for you. Yeah, see, yeah, we have to kind of like work with, work with people and meet them where they're at. Yeah. You know, we're all not at the same level of life regardless of whatever we're not at the same level so it's about meeting people bringing them from where they're at to where like if you want to come up with a goal or a plan and say well where do you want to be what what's your target and to bring them along and try and help them reach their target and what's what other supports are there like obviously you, your own organizations you be Poppy point where the where the uh, broadcast is going to take place mm. uh, as far as I know, in sporting organisations, there's a number of of sports that have teams from. Oh, that's right, yeah. Does, well, that kind of thing. yeah. does that does that help? But is that a positive for? Of course it is, for, yeah. yeah. And like they're out mixing and um, they're out mixing with other with their settled counterparts and other people in life as well, and it's breaking down stereotypes and breaking down like diversity, so they're all equal. You know, yeah, everyone yeah. is equal. And. Obviously, just more is required. Oh, absolutely. You know, more yeah. But how do we go about it? How does the government go about it? Well, it's just whatever the service is there is opting them more and seeing what's working well and what's not working so well and whatever is working well to keep it on and invest more in it. Yeah, yeah. You know, and it's even for like everyone in society, you know. And do they need more? Like, obviously, Eileen is there in the Senate at the moment. Oh, God, yeah, you know, they need more. You're involved in committees as well. They yeah. obviously need more input of people on the ground that are seeing this day in, day out kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, like, well. like that, like, there is a lot of, we, we think, like, I think, oh, there's a lot of travellers doing this and that and did, did it. But then when you go and look at our settled, at settled people and other people in the world, and you're saying, Jesus, no, there's not enough of us. Yeah, yeah. Like, we need more of this and Do you more feel of the settled world doesn't understand the, the, some of the trials and tribulations that... Absolutely, yeah, yeah. 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 And, like and, it, and it's a case of educating. Yeah, it's like learning how to drive. Like, yeah. if you were learning somebody how to drive and you say, oh, sure, Jesus, that's easy. Yeah. Well, that might yeah. not be easy to that person. 
Do you yeah, know that you're yeah. teaching? The future for you? What do you, what's your, your ambitions? Um, my ambitions is to continue with youth work and to help enhance the life of young, the lives of young people. No matter where I work in life, I'll always value education and encourage young people to be the best version of themselves and to help them reach their targets in life. And for for people, obviously, you want people to have an understanding as well. I want people to have a great understanding of travellers. Yeah. And a great understanding of young people. And hopefully there'll be more employment in the world that people will see the potential in travellers, that they're not just all, like... Because there's bad eggs everywhere, no matter where you go. Yeah, and yeah. it destroys it for the rest of the people. But you have to remember, travellers are only 1% in this population. And there's 99%, which I feel is very, very important, especially young travellers, you know. Because we kind of don't want to be living like living in poverty no more, you know. Yeah, it's about yeah. them, like obviously they have an education, then they can target it and then they can go on then, you know. That's why I'm always saying to young people, Get your education. You'll even need like your Terry test to learn to drive. And it's the simple things like that. It doesn't have necessarily have to be about the Irish, English or maths, which I feel is very important also. But there's other life lessons you can learn through school. You're enjoying life, it seems, anyway. And you, 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 you have a plan and you're sticking to it. I have, yeah. Well, hopefully, you know. <laughs> they say never plan too much, but sure. Well, Sally, thanks a lot for coming into us. No problem uh, this at all. Thank you very to tell much. us about your positive experiences to say in, in life as well. And we wish you every success in, in the future and the best of luck with, thanks with all, so much. All, the, all the work. Thank you. Um, it's making a big difference. And it's great being in here today and giving a little bit of an input. Thank You're you welcome. very much. Thank you. And that's all for the community news desk this week. My thanks to our guests, Sally Flynn and Ain and Elena. Also, thanks to the Rick Radio team, Ronan and Dylan on sound and editing. Leslie on admin, Jennifer on social media and Darren on the website. If you would like to contact us, our email address is rickradio2020 at gmail.com. From me, Mick, take care and have a great week. <laughs>